Well, we are here with Carolyn Sills and Gerard Egan. Hey, buddy. Hey, hey kids. Andy. Thanks for having us. Oh, my pleasure. It's been a, I've been wanting to have you guys here for a long time. Thanks. I love you guys. Thanks, man. This is exciting. Yeah. First yeah. time in the studio. Yeah. yeah. It's your first time here. That's, That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, welcome. Thank you. Thank Great you. to be here. What else? And uh, so you got a lot of boy. You guys have been busy. We've been busy. Yeah, I think we're making up for a couple of years of lost time and packing it all into 2023. Wow. Right. Yeah. I mean, you've been traveling and winning awards. Thanks. Yeah. So where where have you been? Well, let's see. Uh, the combo's been playing some shows around here recently. We did uh, a run of shows with the Coffus Brothers, our uh, our buddies in town here. Uh, they were doing a run of like uh, Tom Petty kind of tribute shows, and we were opening three or four shows for those guys. That was super fun. Um, we've got the big Kumba show coming up on uh, Friday, November 11th. 17th. Or, I'm sorry, no, 17th. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, we've been kind of busy around here. We did a little three-week tour as our duo this summer out to... Uh, Colorado and Montana and Wyoming and whatnot. Uh, oh, what was that like? Super fun. You know, we'd wanted to get out there for years. It was really our first time getting out in that part of the country. So, uh, you know, it was just beautiful to take it all in and uh, just a lot of fun playing for some new folks. And, you know, just traveling the two of us is kind of a kick, too. So, so what kind of places were you playing? Well, all kinds of stuff. I mean, anything from uh, private house parties, uh, listening rooms to bars and, uh, you know, what else? Yeah, Some radio shows, bars, wineries. Yeah. yeah. Kind of how did you all. wind up? Uh, how did you wind up getting those gigs? And did you you get those scheduled before you left here, right? Yeah. yeah. We're yeah. always looking for the last minute. You know, walk into a cool bar somewhere that just needs a Hawaiian cowboy band to play in, in the corner. <laughs> they didn't even know. know they needed it, but <laughs> right. I did that. I did. did that once in Carmel. We just got done playing a gig at one place and walked into a bar at the other place and. Said, hey, would you guys want some music? And we broke our stuff out for the second thing. Cool. It's beautiful, right? <laughs> yeah. If you're it's right fun. there, it's hard yeah. to say no. Right. But yeah, we play. Yeah, we book those in advance. You know, just so we can kind of map a tour route and everything. How but, did you find them, though? Um, I mean, we're we're fortunate at this point in our career. We've you know we have a lot of contacts. Um, you know, some venues we'd played before, and then just people we know through other artists or people that refer other venues. I feel like today's world, it's kind of nice just to kind of stay within your circle and you know mm -hmm. kind of go with people you've met before and you know help other people out and so they'll you know return the favor when you're coming through their city or something like that so and people reach out too you know they'll email us and say like you know i know you're in california but if you're ever coming through you know north carolina or wherever uh look us up so we kind of keep those folks in mind and you know when we start thinking about where else we'd want to tour or go to um you know those people come up and they're they're happy yeah. we remembered them you know now you guys have been winning some awards right um, we've been have we won some yet. Yeah, we've been nominated. nominated yeah. Oh, nominated! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we've won a few in the past like few winning, years. Yeah. yeah, it certainly does. Yeah, we got um, our gosh, I think maybe our seventh Ameripolitan Award nomination. So we're nominated for 2024 Western Swing Group. That's for the full Carolyn Sills combo. Right. Uh, so that's a big honor. We get to go to Austin for the big awards show, which they host at uh, the Moody Theater, where they do Austin City Limits. So that should be a big, big fun time for the band. Everybody's going out. Um, Did you get to meet Willie? Haven't met <laughs> Willie yet, no. But you know, one day we'll get on the bus. Yeah, yeah, get on yeah. the bus. Goal, right. He's inspired us all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that should be fun. Uh, yeah, the whole band's going down there. That's like mid February, and uh, you know, the Ameripolitan Awards came out of uh, Dale Watson wanting to kind of 
recognize more of like the rootsy side of uh, modern country music and not so much like the CMT stuff, but more the sort of traditional retro vintage kind of style stuff. And, you know, it started out 10 years ago with like a, a Sunday evening award show in a hotel ballroom. And now it's turned into like a four day like music festival, you know, music from like noon to two in the morning and mm -hmm. various uh, venues. You know, it started out in Austin and moved to Memphis for a couple of years. And uh, this next coming year is back in Austin. So. Uh, should be a lot of fun. I mean, some of those clubs are legendary down there. You know, we'll be seeing gigs at uh, the Continental Club and the Sea Boys and Antones and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So that's great. Should be fun. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Haven't made it to Austin. I got to tell you, I mean, uh, you got to say that, you know, you think about Nashville, you think about Austin, but you think about Santa Cruz and how much great music and how many great musicians we have here. It's, it's just pretty it's spectacular. Crazy. Yeah. It's incredible, yeah. I mean, we've told that story so many times. When when we moved here in 2010, uh, there were something like 13 guitar shops in town, you know? And uh, we've been living in Brooklyn for the last 10 years before that. And I think there were like literally 10 or 12 guitar shops in, in Manhattan, Manhattan. You know, yeah. it's like, how does that work? But like yeah. everyone around here plays guitar, it seems like. So yeah, we're yeah. very lucky in that way. Oh, yeah. we'll have to talk a little bit more about Brooklyn in a little bit. But yeah. But uh, you got your, you got your instruments here, standing up on them and sitting with them. And how about a tune? Sure. What do you feel like? How about uh, we'll do something off our new record? We just released a, a new Carolyn Souls combo album uh, in October, so it's just a couple weeks old. And uh, how we do? Want to do a little song for the the pencil users out there? Sure. You ever been to the Jersey City Dixon Ticonderoga Pencil Factory? I have not. No. no. Well, I know it's a little bit of a stretch from Brooklyn, but it, it's just across the river. Well, I got to tell you, I, there's, I have a problem with pencils sometimes, or, or even cedar. Yeah. Because it always reminds me of school in Brooklyn. Ah. And, you know, just yeah, that smell. Knuckles, just just the they? smell of, right. just this, yeah, as a matter of fact. As a matter of fact, yeah. Just... <laughs> And just the smell of of cedar and, and pencils just reminded me of uh, of school. And ah, I, I wasn't right. really good. I, oh, I'm sorry. Well, we're going to play this song to bring back nightmares for you. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> this is called Dixon Ticonderoga. Here we go. Take a letter, take a note, write it down, cause I'm leaving. Headed straight out of town, will I come back? It's hard to tell everything, don't write it down in permanent ink. I use a Dixon, Ticonderoga, get a Dixon, Ticonderoga, use a Dixon Ticonderoga So I can change my mind Well, I miss you I don't know, it's hard to say But I promise To think of you every day You can write me Anytime you feel alone But for goodness sake Don't pick up your phone Pick up a Dixon Ticonderoga Get a Dixon Ticonderoga Use a Dixon Ticonderoga Like the man who would be mine Thank you. 
do, I love you. Well, I know you know I do, and I'll write you. Just a broom, then I'll be true. But don't quote me. If one day that's not the case, I'll write it down so I can erase. All with the Dixon Tack on the Roger. Dixon Tack on the Roger. Dixon Tack on the Roger. So I can change my mind. With the Dixon Tack on the Roger. You send my Dixon So I can change my mind So I can change my mind Yeah. Ooh, that sure was nice. Hey, that's beautiful. Been, didn't bring wow. back terrible memories or anything? Well, I'm just thinking of number twos. <laughs> number twos, you know. That's true. Everyone loves a good number two. So you guys wrote that, huh? <laughs> we wrote that, yeah. What made you think about writing a song about <laughs> Dixon, Tycock, and Roger Pencil? I have a story for that. So uh, it was during, just when the COVID kind of lockdown was starting, and Gerard went out, ran some errands, and came back with about 108, I think, mm-hmm. uh, Dixon, Tycock, and Roger Pencils for me, in case the world ran out, which was very thoughtful. Um, but they were sitting in the room where I like to write songs and staring me in the face. So, were you chewing on them? I don't chew on them, no. But I do like to put them behind my ears, and you know, that's about the only place actually. Right. <laughs> wow, wow! But, uh, think of a yeah. think of a subject to write about. It was wasn't like your your you know your mom got run over by a train or nope, you know no, no death by pencil in my family or anything. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes when you're trying so hard to write a song, sometimes your perspective goes from everything outside of you to what's right in front of you at that moment um so that was just one of those moments and there was that pencil and out came the song i feel like that was one of those great moments like songwriters always talk about you know like sometimes you're working at a song like for weeks and weeks and it's just not coming together and sometimes it just sort of like falls out of the uh proverbial pencil oh, yeah that one yeah, was just like absolutely. waiting to get written it seems. <laughs> right. i've been i've been stuck i've been trying to write but i just haven't been i've been able to get through like two verses or mm-hmm. verse and a chorus and I just can't seem to get past it but every now and again all of a sudden something come out in like 15 minutes you get right. yeah. they go right through the whole song those are the best yeah. ones it's yeah. just like meant to be and just kind of pours out no labor yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. like there's no rhyme or reason some of them kind of kick around in your head for a year and finally works or never works or yeah mm-hmm. it's, it's, so it's Carolyn where did you go up and how did you get started into the music what you know what I grew up in Chicago, and uh, my family, they, none of them played music, but they loved listening. And um, if you're from Chicago, you know Dick Biondi's Oldie 104.3, mm-hmm. which was kind of the station my dad and I listened to all the time. And uh, so I heard he was a big fan of doo-wop and listened to a lot of that and the Shangri-Las. And, oh, yeah. Um, you know, so I, I would always be singing along in the car with him and working on our harmonies. Doolang, doolang, doolang. Of course, yeah. I speak doolang. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so he was kind of a big influence. Um and yeah, I just they put me in choir as a little kid, and I started singing, and just loved it, and you know played in band and all that stuff like you do. And then it wasn't so. When you said to... you played in bands, were you were just singing? Were you playing instruments? Uh, no, I played alto saxophone, oh, tenor you... saxophone. Oh. Uh, they wouldn't put me on the berry because I was too short, and, <laughs> and I needed a special stool. But yeah, but alto and tenor, uh, which I loved playing. And That's what I started out on really? too. Cool. Yeah. yeah, super fun. I want to do oboe, but my fingers couldn't stretch the, you know, full full length of the oboe, but. Uh, yeah, so played up until then high school, and then I had to pick band or choir, so I, I sang more, and then 
it wasn't until college that I realized if I didn't play an instrument, there'd be a lot of standing around if you're in a band where everyone's jamming on, you know, four minute, ten minute solos, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. So then I picked up the bass and yeah. The rest what made history. you pick up the bass? And was it always an upright? Uh, no, I started on electric. Um, I don't know. I just I figured maybe at the time it, it seemed like I could get into that quicker than guitar. Um, and there more bass players were needed, like Gerard said. I mean, there's guitar yeah, right. players everywhere. So if you can play bass or play drums or something else. It's How old were you when you started playing bass? Uh, I was about 18, 19 hmm. I started playing bass. Um, and then played in some, like, you know, jammy kind of funky bands in college. And then Gerard and I got together right after that and started out playing, like, some blues rock and country and then gerard started doing just a deep dive into i think like elvis kind of the sun sessions got you into like some rockabilly and mm -hmm. then he's just started peeling back oh, the layers of he is a hunk of hunk of burning love he is a hunk of burning love yes that's true uh, so, where'd you yeah. guys meet uh we met in school actually yeah we met Where he, was we were that? both playing in bands in connecticut oh, Connecticut. Um, and actually it was stevie ray vaughn is a reason we met um gerard found out i was a fan and he was a huge fan and so we started talking stevie and you know Want to come back to my room and watch some Stevie ah, Ray Vaughan? Ah, ah. It's a euphemism if I ever heard one. Yeah. But, yeah. I think I used a line like that before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Want to come back to my living room and listen to some kinky? Hey, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and, Gerard, what about you? When did you start playing? Oh, man. Well, my mom got me on the violin uh, when I was like five years old. Um, I grew up playing classical music in these youth orchestras and symphonies around New Jersey and stuff. And, you know, it was nothing that I ever, like, loved to do, but um, I started the same day my best friend down the street started playing violin. So uh, his younger sister started a couple of years later. So we, we kind of grew up together playing classical music and, you know, spending our weekends at, you know, music camps and whatever, which was, you know, the only saving grace was that we were our buddies hanging out kind of thing. But when I got into guitar, it was like immediate sort of like thunderbolt, um, like aha moment for me. You know, I was in seventh or eighth grade and... Um, it was just one of those things like I just got into it immediately. I became immediately obsessed. And, um, you know, I remember coming home from middle school and my parents had all their old vinyl records that they hadn't really played in a few years that uh, I started digging them out. And they had this like a wonderful array of like, you know, the live at Woodstock album and then like um, West Montgomery and like Johnny Smith. And um, they had like some BB King and just, you know, kind of all over the map, you know. Uh, and I got into listening to vinyl records when I was in seventh or eighth grade, which is probably kind of weird for the Back kid then, that age yeah. at that point but um yeah once guitar hit it was like i had this passion for it you know and the violin kind of took a, a very far back seat at that point but can you still play violin a little bit i still have my old violin um i take it out every once in a while you know just to kind of brush off the cobwebs or whatever some things kind of come back easier than others but uh, but i kind of went through a few different instruments too like I, I played some trumpet and saxophone and stuff before uh, i got into guitar and that was just sort of it was all over at that point That's cool. so well, I love that. I love watching that video of you uh, playing pedal steel. I want to talk to you a little bit more about that after the show. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> there's another twenty-year journey to learn that thing too. Yeah. You know, so. Boy, I wish we had more pedal steel players in town. Yeah, there's a few now. I, I actually don't play pedal steel, and that's that's kind of a specific. When you get into the world of steel guitar, um, the original steel guitars were just played on your lap, you know. Uh, and then they came out with like multi-neck console steel guitars with two or three eight-string necks, or some had four eight-string necks. Uh, and then in the early 50s, uh, a guy named Paul Bigsby, who we were talking about before we came on the air here, um, had the idea of adding these foot pedals to change the pitch on a few strings on the guitar. Right, and that right. 
quickly overpass what everybody else was able to do on a non-pedal steel guitar and right. you know it kind of grew out of that but uh, most of the stuff I listen to in terms of steel guitar kind of predates uh, the pedal sounds so uh, the guy that plays in our five-piece band though Charlie Wallace is an oh, exceptional Charlie. oh stop it exceptional pedal steel guitar player oh, yeah. He plays all the steels. He plays oh. all the steels, non-pedal steel and I'd dobro and national I would love to play with him sometime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's great. He keeps us in But line. I thought that, I mean, just I, I couldn't really tell from the video, but it looked, I thought it was a pedal steel that you had that was the wind I saw. Yeah. Well, one of the dead giveaways is uh, you never see a pedal steel player standing up, you know, and I usually perform uh, as the duo in Poi Rogers oh, uh, right? with my triple neck standing up oh. behind it just to kind of oh. make the transition from playing acoustic guitar standing to no. steel guitar a little faster but i learned something today yeah right right so pedal steel you're sitting behind it you have all the foot pedals and knee levers and whatever and they get to kind of just relax yeah, the whole okay. show you know? oh, cool. <laughs> hey how about another tune sure. sure all right um let's do another one off the record uh how about good gracious yeah sure so here's one i wrote um Telling audiences that Gerard, this was also during COVID, he said, Why don't you write a song, take all those old timey expressions your grandparents used that you repeat all the time and put them together in a one like three minute song? So that was my assignment one day, and, and I came up with this. It's called Good Gracious Alive. Hey, if you're just tuning in, this is Carolyn Sills and Gerard Egan here on K Squid. Good Gracious Alive. Well, what do you know? Let's blow this pop stand, cause mayors it owns. Well, I'll be a monkey's uncle if you make like a tree and leave. I love it when you talk old time to me. Don't touch that dial, just hold the phone. When the cat's away, you're when in Rome. Quit horsing around, not my cup of tea. I love it when you talk old time to me. Some girls live for sweet nothings, but I melt when you say, I gladly pay you Tuesday for hamburger today. Well, son of a gun. The gang's on here I'll give you the shirt of my back If you lend me an ear I'm over the moon My dance card is free I love it when you talk old time to me Talk some old time Sweet nothing, but I melt when you say I gladly pay you Tuesday 
for a hamburger today with son of a gun. The gang's all here. I'll give you the shirt of my back if you lend me need. I'm over the moon. My dance card is free. I love it when you talk all down to me. I love it when you talk all down to me. Shooby doo bop wada. Shooby doo bop wada. Wow. Throw one of those in there. What's the name of that one? That's called Good Gracious Alive. Good Gracious Alive. The new alive. record. Good Gracious Alive. Yeah. So you've got four albums, huh? We have four albums, which is amazing, you know, for, for an independent band doing your thing and got to get a bigger suitcase so we can fit them all on the merch table. Four, four albums are, and one donut. We do have one donut as well, yeah. We so have, what's, the, what's the deal with the donut? We had a donut single come out last, uh, last summer. Oh. Yeah, featuring okay. Gerard Egan celebrating the great Maple Glaze. That's that right. helped uh, get us through COVID times. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dunlops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, let's see. You, there used to be uh, Maddox Bakery. You, you don't no, know about don't Maddox. Know that. Right no. down the street from where you are and your shop is now. Oh, really? Right next to, uh, well, I guess it's Aldo's now. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. You yeah. know, next to the Ugly Mug? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. But that used to be Maddox Bakery hmm. way back when. Good donuts? Yeah, they had good donuts. They had yeah. really great eclairs. Like, I, you know, back in the East Coast, you know, we had good bakeries and stuff, mm-hmm, but right. that was the only place I found that we had a really good, good East eclair. Coast eclair back yeah, then. Yeah, it's hard I, to do. Haven't found one since. Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I we'll cannot, cannot more highly recommend the old-fashioned maple glaze <laughs> over at Dunlap's on uh, 38th and Portola. <laughs> That's our spot. 30, oh, 38th and Portola. Right? Oh, yeah, that place, yeah. 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 Wow, cool. Hey, so... Um, how do people get a hold of your albums? Where where are your where are your albums? How can they get them? Uh, you can go to our website. That's carolynsills.com, Carolyn with a Y. And, um, yeah, we've got uh, all kinds of goodies there, vinyl records and CDs. We've got T-shirts for the new record. And uh, we actually just picked up um, some reprints from the Return to El Paso, our uh, Marty Robbins-themed record that came out in 2019. We have some uh, reprint merch for that. So uh, all our tickets and all that stuff's available right there at carolynsills.com. Cool. Cool. Great. And then, again, you got this show coming up on the uh, 17th, right? Yeah, the show right. at Kumba. Yeah. yeah, it's a Snazzy Productions and Kumba Jazz Center on Friday, November 17th. And we have a very special guest can opener. We, can we announce who that special guest can, is? Is it time? All right. She's going to pop out of my... I was about to say something I shouldn't say on the air. <laughs> it's Miss Patty Maxine. All right. Who? Who? Yeah. Patty? Hey, get Patty out of Maxine? here. Yeah. Oh, that's great. She'll be joining us for a special. Talk special, about, uh, somebody, talk about somebody who's getting around. I know. I love it. She's getting younger every day. She's it's wonderful. Yeah. I love she does it. What a, we love Patty. What a treasure. Truly. It's true. That's the word. Mm-hmm. Another non-pedal steel guitarist. Non-pedal steel yeah, 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 yeah. Lap steel, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, great. Hey, um, did you want to play something off of your album? Sure. Yeah. Um, if you want to play something off the new record again. Um, did you want to do uh, Done Wonders or sure. something else? Yeah, that's a great one. We're going to have a video coming out for this song in the next couple of weeks. So, yeah. Oh, a video it. too? Yeah, video too. We wow. still do that. Yeah. Is Cowboy in it? Um, this one? Is he in this one? He's been in like every video. He's made a cameo in just about every one. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I think we need to grab a clip of him still. Yeah, we'll get him in there somehow. Yeah. <laughs> 
So who does your who does your video production? Oh, we work with the fabulous Andy Zesnack over at Gadget Box Productions. Oh, oh yeah. cool, yeah. He's a wonderful guy to work with, super talented. He also mixed our record and recorded a few of the songs. And, cool. Uh, he's done all our videos in he's the past. He's a multi-talented man. Yeah, he's a great guy to work with. Yeah, great. Well, let's yeah. give this one a, a spin. Here's uh, Done Wonders with Carolyn Sills and Gerard Egan. That's kind of high energy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I guess you couldn't hear it. I just had this mic stuck on there. Oh, God. <laughs> we, we only said good things. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's why I get paid the big bucks here, yeah, you know? Yeah, right? I'm glad I'm not a professional. I, I wouldn't want to have to live up to those standards, you know? <laughs> right. You can do whatever you want. Well, more or less. <laughs> I got in trouble last week for something I played, but mm. that's the way it goes. Exactly. That's FCC breathing so, down your neck again. No, no. Somebody was sensitive about huh. an Arch Obler thing that I played. Hmm. So, as, you know, it was last week was Halloween. Hmm. So I played a bunch of creepy stories and stuff. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Some so, people don't do creepy. Well, yeah. Some people don't do a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people are really sensitive these days. That's true. I'm glad we're not, huh? 
Yeah, exactly. Heck no. Well, you're from Brooklyn, you know. Yeah, you're... That's right. So how did you the wind up in streets. Brooklyn? Well, um, <laughs> my father actually grew up in Brooklyn. His great, no, his grandparents uh, initially moved there way, way back when. Uh, my father was born in 39, and the family still owns the house that was built that same year out in, like, Avenue S, King's, oh. uh, King's oh. Highway neighborhood. Oh, wow, wow. Um, that would be like Midwood High School. Something he went to like Good Shepherd, like a Catholic high school oh. out there. Yeah, um, but yeah, so you know, Brooklyn was kind of part of my growing up. You know, my uh, my older uncle lived there, and we'd always go in to visit a couple times a year. And um, we knew as we were getting ready to graduate from from college, we wanted to move to New York and probably to Brooklyn because at that point it was less expensive than Manhattan. I think that's flip-flop now, and Brooklyn is, like, more expensive than the Upper West Side from what yeah, I hear of it. Yeah, yeah, it's the trendy place. Yeah, we actually ended up um, renting our first apartment out by, um, like, Caton Avenue, Prospect Park and whatever, and oh, yeah. it was, like, a block away from my aunt's apartment that I had last seen, like, in the late 80s, you know, oh. so we first moved out there, and my buddies were visiting, we're walking down the street to the park, and I'm like, this is all very familiar, you know? So I, I double-checked with my uncle, and sure enough, we were, like, right in her old neighborhood. But did you ever go ice skating in Prospect Park? Never did the skating thing in Prospect Park, no. no. We, we tried to at Rockefeller Center, but it was just yeah. uh, too much of a line. But, yeah. but yeah, we lived there for about 10 years before wow. uh, coming wow. out here, and so that was, like, 2000 to, like, 99 yeah. or so. And it was very rare to be playing country music like in Brooklyn. That That's time. a whole other energy level yeah. yeah, over there. But, you know, the funny thing is, you know the song Sleepwalk mm -hmm. with uh, Tony and Santos? Santo and Johnny. Santo yeah. and Johnny. Yeah. yeah, they're from Brooklyn. Yep. Yeah. And I'm always saying, what the hell were guys from Brooklyn doing, you know, playing? And then it turns out that, you know, his, their dad was in Oklahoma, uh -huh. probably Fort Sill or somewhere, and heard all that stuff and wanted his kids to play that. So. Yeah. yeah, what a cool thing, you know, to be kind of stuck in the service out there and hear this. At, at that time, I would think pretty unusual sound. You know, the steel guitar was not that, like, uh, ubiquitous in terms of American music at that point. And, so, and then I also wondered, what the hell would Jay and the Americans from Brooklyn doing, uh, like, a country tune? In a little cafe, just the other side of the border. Mm -hmm. And I just remembered, then it finally occurred to me that, you know, back then when that when they did that song, everybody was like watching Bonanza and, and oh, yeah. all the westerns that were on TV. Westerns were really popular back right. then. It was so. like only westerns on TV back then, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Funny. That's great. Hey, uh, you guys uh, in the rest of the buzz off, or you gotta, can you stick around for a few more minutes? We can stick in the yeah, game, we can sure. Stick around for a few How about more another minutes? tune? Let's do it. Yeah. What are you thinking? I don't want to let you guys go. Oh, all right. Well, let's, why don't we get you singing? It's like having too. a free private concert. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, well, why don't we do, we'll do a song. Uh, from our duo, Poi Rogers, you want to sing a little Don't Steal My Covers? Oh, yeah, okay. Right. Um, we can make that happen. Hey, you tuned into the Squid KSQD Santa Cruz, 90.7 FM. Don't steal my covers if you're lying in my bed. You can have my pillow if you need to rest your head. Nights are getting colder and my skivvies all bare thread. So don't steal the covers off my bed. You can wear my spox till the devil eggs are gone. You can drink my liquor till you don't know right from wrong. Oh, you can build a go-kart with the tools inside my shed. Just don't steal the covers off my bed. You can play my records if you treat them as your own 
You can call your chickens from my rotisserie phone. What's mine is yours, so welcome in. We'll paint the whole place red. Just don't steal the covers off my, don't steal the covers. Please don't steal the covers off my bed. Oh, you very. Well, you guys come up with some some doozies, you know, oh, based on a true story. Yeah, from our from our cattle dog <laughs> from taking up all those dog. covers. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> wow, that's great. Hey, in case you just joined us, we're here with uh, Carolyn Sills and Gerard Egan, yeah. aka Poi Rogers or aka the Carolyn Sills Combo Band. Or yeah, two fifths of the Carolyn Sills Combo, yeah. I guess. Yeah, aka the House her, of her Twang. And him. Yeah, yeah, House of Twang. Oh, he's talking about House of Twang. Hey. Yeah. Let's talk about your new shop and let's talk about the Plex machine. I would love to. Sure. Yeah. Thanks hey, for so asking. Hey, so if you don't, uh, if you folks out there don't know what this Plex machine is, I guess there's only like two of them anywhere around this area. But uh, I, there's a really great video on YouTube, just P L E K, and uh, I'll let Gerard tell you what this thing does. But I think it's amazing. Sure. So this will be of particular interest to anyone that plays a, a fretted musical instrument. So we're talking uh, acoustic or electric guitars, basses, mandolins, ukuleles, uh, you name it. Uh, and essentially what this machine does, it looks kind of like, the, it's like the dimensions of an old-fashioned telephone booth, you know, that you kind of close the door behind you in, mm-hmm. or like a refrigerator, I suppose. But um, this machine is able to scan any fretted instrument on an insanely detailed level. It takes something like 6,500 points of measurement up and down each string at every fret position, uh, measuring the action, measuring the neck relief, measuring the quality of the frets, the quality of the fingerboard, and uh, it's really its greatest strength as is as a diagnostic tool. So, you know, a lot of guitar players come to our shop uh, with an instrument that either used to play really well and now is kind of fighting them back or they just bought a brand new instrument and it's just a little uncomfortable to play and what we're talking about doing with them is uh, dialing the setup so that the guitar is kind of inviting to play inspiring to play um, it kind of gets out of the way of the creativity when you're sitting down with the guitar so um, when the pleck scans these different instruments you start getting these readouts on the computer screens so you have kind of like a digitized image of the fingerboard, which I can show to the customers too. So there's a lot more clarity and un- understanding on, on their parts. So they kind of see what I'm seeing as a guy that's been staring down guitar necks for the last 15 mm-hmm. years. You know, it's um, it gives them a lot more confidence in knowing exactly what's wrong with the instrument, how we can address any issues that they're having, whether it's you know fret buzz or just it's uncomfortable to play or dead notes here and there. Um, it's an amazing tool. So. Uh, the initial part is the diagnosis, and then from there, uh, depending on the issues with the instrument, we can do a lot of different things with the machine. Uh, it's probably most popular and best known for its uh, fret leveling capabilities. Mm-hmm. So you can program the machine um, specific to one instrument, specific to one player. So this is truly like we're dialing in a setup just for you. You know, this isn't just like a mass-produced kind of thing. Um, so you know, part of the process is the initial conversation that I'd have with the with the guitar uh, the customer, in terms of their playing style, you know, their expectations, uh, the types of music they play, kind of strings they like, you know, all the details. The more information I have, the better. Um, so you know, the the pluck can like level and recrown the frets, so you have like an amazingly even playing surface up and down the fingerboard. Um, you actually really get the full advantage of the machine if you're 
building an instrument for scratch or uh, refretting the instrument because the machine can actually um, plane, like shape the fingerboard. Right. And um, the designers of this machine, they're in, um, in Berlin, in Germany, and they started out um, by really analyzing the way strings truly vibrate when they're plucked on an instrument. And for years and years, the assumption was that when you pluck a string, uh, it moves the most like in the middle of the neck over the 12th fret. Um, but what these guys realize that the shape's a lot more complicated than that. So what they're trying to do is, um, you know, shape the fingerboard into the same shape that uh, the string vibrates in. So this, it, it might sound like it would be some crazy roller coaster. It's not, it doesn't look like that at all. It's like a very subtle kind of thing. We're talking, you know, a few thousandths of an inch here or there that could really make a difference. But when you build a guitar or refret a guitar with the fingerboard shape in this kind of perfect shape and then put the frets on top of that, you're essentially just building a house on top of like a perfect foundation, you know? So like your fingerboard surface is perfect. The fret tops are then perfect. You're, t you're basically taking the geometry out of the equation in terms of like, why is my guitar not easy to play, you know? Mm -hmm. So like once you kind of like take care of that, then we kind of move on through the rest of the setup procedure and um, getting the instrument really perfectly tuned in for the way that you would want it to play, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, it's, it's something that's been available for the last maybe 15 years in the industry, but um, you know, I, I first came across one. I was uh, working at Santa Cruz Guitar Company around the corner from where we're at right now, and I've been building guitars there for about two and a half years before we got the first pluck machine there, and uh, managed that machine for the rest of my time at SCGC. And uh, it was a huge transformation in terms of the uh, the physical demand on the builders. You know, like the setup work, pounding frets, all this uh, filing and sanding and that kind of thing. Uh, it really takes a lot out of your body, and I was going to physical therapy and acupuncture when uh, when we got the pluck machine, and I was thinking I'm going to have to change careers here. I can't keep doing this, you know. Because when you're when you're building a guitar and you're putting the frets in for the first time, or you're refretting, basically you're just using the straight edge, aren't you? Yeah, I mean it's it's a straight edge. There's a number of different tools. It's a lot of experience, you know. You'd be amazed at how your eye like starts to get trained when you start looking at guitars and. Uh, setting down fingerboards and looking for different things. You know, you do this day in and day out for years and years, you really start to develop a different eye uh, mm -hmm. uh, and ability to kind of like see these things that most people probably can't really see. Um, but you're right, I mean, um, using the Plec really takes guitar making and repair into like the 21st century. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's state of the art yeah. as it gets, you know. Yeah. Um, and when it's all done, I can show the customer on the screen, here's what your guitar looked like when you brought it into me and how kind of messed up it was or the different things that we, we noticed and wanted to fix. And then here's the final scan showing you the sort of perfect playing surface, you know, so it gives them confidence and peace of mind knowing that, okay, like the, the guitar itself, there's no issues there. So maybe it's just me, you know? All right. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. But it's well, been great. I, it's good. I know, I know part of it, my guitar is probably a bunch of it. It's me more than it is the <laughs> guitar. So, right. But I, yeah, I mean, people can bring their guitar or their instruments in, and they can do, and you guys can do an analysis for them, and um, and then you know, that's one, that's one cost. Yeah. And then you know if you want to do more work if, on it, then that's a whole nother. nother well, cost. right now we're offering um, a free analysis and free plex scan for people. Free. So, yeah, we just feel like it's it could be such a tool for the community, and we want people to. Oh realize that you know playing guitar and having your guitar you know basically be your tool that works for you and is easy to play is, is something that everybody can have 
So where's the shop located? I mean, I know where it is, but yeah. they don't know. The shop is in beautiful downtown Soquel, uh, right across from a, a vegan fast food place called Pretty Good Advice. Uh, it's on Porter Street. It's 3065 Porter Street. It's called the House of Twang. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we're taking a lot of appointments for uh, people right now. We're just booked a couple weeks out. But, cool. yeah, we're, we've been really excited about it. Yeah, visit thehouseoftwang.net. We have yeah. a lot of information there. You can sign up for a free evaluation, uh, read about the plaque, watch a couple videos, all that yeah. kind of good cool. stuff. And we offer a lot of different repair services, too. I mean, our, our focus certainly is fret work, uh, plaque work. But, um, you know, give us a call, drop us a line, and let us know what you got. Yeah. Okay, cool. Hey, how about one more song, and then I'm going to have to kick you out. Oh, All right. Oh, right. I thought we were moving in at this point. <laughs> well, I wish you would, actually. Yeah. Uh, gosh, one more song. What are you thinking? we do like an oldie? Or... Let's do an oldie. Yeah? we do like a betcher or a baseball song? Or... Um, Home Run Willie? No. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do a baseball song. You guys are talking about Brooklyn so much, i got to do a little shout-out to Chicago. So okay. uh, We're going to do a, a song here we wrote for the Chicago Cubs, but specifically the 1908 Chicago Cubs. Some years before Wrigley's romance Was tinkered to Evers to Chan A trio of bear cubs with lightning Between gloves of regular waltz and striped pants The moment I had one arrive You'd see lights go off in their eyes when turning that double, they're nothing but trouble that's tinker to ever's to side grounds the best friends of those on the mound twin killers with these just a six four to three then ruthlessly gone fallen bound the moment they hit would arise you'd see lights go off in their eyes when turning that double they're nothing but trouble Tinker to ever's to change A trio of bear cubs When lining between gloves That's Tinker To ever's To change Play ball Batter up <laughs> Carolyn Sills Gerard Egan Thank you so much for coming in oh, thank, thank you man you. Great to be so here I appreciate it You guys are rock man Thanks. I love appreciate you guys that. Awesome Appreciate it 
Yeah, and uh, don't forget to catch their show at the Ugly Mug on the 17th. No, Kwumba Jazz Center. Oh, Maco- yeah. oh Kwumba. Oh, Kwumba, <laughs> yeah. that's right. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for straightening me out. Yeah, no problem. And I got a list of some shows coming up, but I'll, I'm going to let these folks head on out. And uh, also, if you want to give me a call at 831-900-5773, um, you can win a pair of tickets to their show on the 17th. That's, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Carolyn Sills combo, November seventeenth, seven thirty, and that um, yeah, Snazzy Productions. Snazzy Productions at the Kumba, cool. yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Appreciate you. And uh, stand by for Lonnie, and don't fence me in.